Okay, good evening everyone. Thank you for joining. So I'll share with you the following question someone asked and uh, we'll see how this you know, plays a role in what we're going to learn today. Someone asked me, they called me right before Shabbos on Friday afternoon. They were making a meat sauce in a, uh, in a pot and they took a milchik spatula from that morning's egg and cheese uh, breakfast and they stuck it in to this meat sauce on, um, on Friday afternoon. And it's on the fire. And the question is, number one, can they eat the sauce? Number two, do they have to kosher the pot, the fleshic pot? And number three, do they have to kosher the spatula? So we sort of learned this recently. And on a, on a basic level, the spatula is only milchiks as much as there was dairy in the previous you know, egg and cheese omelet that morning. So let's say it was 50% cheese. So the spatula at most is only 50% milchiks. And we said you only need bittel against the amount that went into the actual sauce. You don't need bittel against the entire spatula. All you need is bittel against, you know, one inch. And since it's only 50% of it is dairy, so we did a quick uh, calculation how big the pan was, and they definitely had shishim against the spatula, so the food was fine. Once you already have shishim, the pot is fine as well. It does not get a blea from the spatula. But the spatula absorbed fleshics, so you have to kasha the spatula. So that, that's something we, we learned recently. Figured I'll share it with you. Let's have another question, another uh, scenario. And this we should know the answer to, and then we'll throw in the monkey wrench, which is our simon, simon sadivah. So let's say someone was making a parv dish. So they're making potatoes and they're using a fleshic pot to make their mashed potatoes and they're cooking up potatoes with water and they stick in a milchik spatula or a milchik fork and both the milchik fork and the fleshic pot have not been used for its own uh, you know use in the previous 24 hours so the hawacha is each one is an ben yaymai the blia that would get spit out of both the fork and the pot are both what we call doesn't have a good taste, it's 24 hours old so everything's fine, the potatoes are fine, the fork is fine, the pot is fine so that's true until you learn Simen Sadivav Simen Sadivav introduces to us that that would be fine for potatoes but let's say we're going to call it onions let's say you were dealing with onions, you were frying onions uh, for uh, you're making a sautéed liver or something, and now you've fried onions, and now you are uh, you, you stuck in a fork, even if the fork was not used in 24 hours, and the frying pan, the fleshik frying pan, was also not used in 24 hours for fleshiks. Onions or dava kharif ruin everything, and we're going to see perhaps different uh, debates over the years regarding what we call dava kharif, things that are sharp, what that means, where it comes up lahalacha. And the truth is, most of the shilas that Rabbanim get, that, that they can't simply, you know, say yes or no, is when you're dealing with dava harif, you're dealing with onions, we'll talk about leek, garlic, other uh, types of foods that Chazal or the Gemara, Poiskim, tell us are considered dava harif. So, <coughs> we have two different sugyas in Shas. One sugya is in Chulin, the other sugya is in Avodah And basically, we, we come up with three different chumras when it comes to Davar Harif. So typically, in order for taste to transfer, number one, you need to have heat. If there's no heat involved, 
He said, there's no problem. Way back when we learned Sim and Sadi Aleph together, we spoke about going to a non-kosher uh, restaurant or a non-kosher uh, hotel lobby or a bar. And let's say we assume that they, they washed all their glasses in a trafe dishwasher or they use these glasses to serve hot trafe of soup. The halacha is you're allowed to drink your Diet Coke in the glass as long as it's cold. You're not getting a hot Diet Coke. When it's cold, no taste will transfer, no absorbed taste, no bleus will transfer from the glass into your Diet Coke. That's the halacha. Whenever we're dealing with cold, we're good to go. And we know that not only does it apply to what we call cold, you know, Minnesota cold when it's six degrees outside, as long as it's less than Yatzele this boy, it's called cold. Not only that, even if it's above Yatzele this boy, many places can hold. If it's not on the Kli Rishine, it's also called cold in Halacha. There's a famous joke, this uh, this guy spills this hot soup on his wife and she she, she, she screams, ow! He says, it didn't hurt, it's a, it's a cliche-ny. It shouldn't, uh, it shouldn't have bothered you. So halachically, that's called cold. Once it's no longer in a Kli Rishine, cliche is a debate, but that's called cold in Halacha. However, there is an exception to this, and that is called davar harif, things that are sharp. There are other exceptions we learned previously. We, we saw an exception regarding salty food, malicha. We saw a, a, another exception when it comes to kavush, things that soak for 24 hours. Your uh, sherry cask shaila is just one example of that, where nothing's getting heated up. You're just aging wine in a barrel that held, I'm sorry, aging bourbon or scotch in a barrel that held wine. There's no heat involved, but over time, after 24 hours, we assume there's going to be uh, this, the the taste is going to transfer when something soaks in 24 hours in a liquid. That's called kavush. So too here we have this new din of davar charif. Now, when does it apply? It's not simply that you have an onion. If you take an onion and you put it, we're going to call onion as our davar charif because that's the most common you know root that people use. We will call we will just call onion instead of saying davar harif every single time. So if you take an onion and you put it on top of your tray for counter countertop, it didn't it didn't change anything. It's still a kosher onion. You need to have davar harif and what we learned last week duchka disakina the pressure of a knife. So if you have a pressure of a tray for knife on the onion, even though it's cold, if you took a temperature reading, it's sixty nine degrees, it's seventy five degrees. It's not. Yatsi lettuce, but it's not 120 degrees, but because there's both a, the duchka de sagina, the pressure of a knife, duchka, the pressure de sakina of a knife, it doesn't have to be a knife, it could be a fork, it could be a spoon that you need to, to push in. So then with that and a dabr we're going to have a spreading of taste. Now the truth is, even if it's not a dabr even if it's not an onion, even if it's, we spoke about last week, a cut up mango, a watermelon, you always have to be concerned that the knife is dirty. So, in that case, we spoke about the different options. If you go back to what we learned way back in Simon Sadialaf and other halachas, we said that things that are simply just dirty on the outside, you could do hadacha, you would just wash it off with your, your glass and your Diet Coke, as long as the glass was clean from any soup that was used previously, you could, you could drink. So, if you go wash something off, whatever type of food that is, you could wash it off, that would be fine. You have a vegetable or something that uh, was cut, so you could wash it off, hadacha. Other, other food items require gerera, dragging off. Let's say you had bread. So bread, you, cannot, you can't wash it off. It's not going to help. So if someone took a trafe knife and cut bread, you can have this example where you have a bread slicer in the middle of, a, let's say, a non-kosher supermarket, assuming that the bread 
the other breads that wasn't yours was treif and there was actual lard in that bread. You know, most bread today would, at worst, would be milchik. So you wouldn't have treif bread typically. Milchik bread is not kosher, but it's not going. It's not the same as uh, chazer. We'll learn milchik bread in Simon Sadi Zion, the next Simon. So, in that case, you, could, you theoretically you 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 had a blade hitting bread. So when it comes to bread, you have to do you have to drag it, scratch it off, gerera. Um, usually, you cannot do gerera in other foods that would have the same issue, like watermelon. Or um, an example we spoke about last week is fish. So when you buy fish from a Costco or Sam's Club or a big chain store where where the the product is packaged in bulk. We had another reason why you don't have to worry about this. That's because you have Bittal and Rive and all types of things that are doing hundreds of fish at a time. But let's say you went to a fish store and you asked them in a tray for fish store, a non-kosher fish store, and you had salmon. You asked them, can you make small cubes? I want to make a salmon, a shish kebab or something. And they use a tray for knife. They did not clean it and they cut it up for you. So in that case, you would need to do shift shift. You would have to scrub it really well. And we said if it was in a... Um, if it was hot and any benyama, you need to do a klipas. That was last week's discussion regarding dover, regarding ducha de sakina. When it comes to ducha de sakina and a dover harif, we have a much, uh, a wa- much broader spread of the taste, and we're going to see at least lechatchila, the Ashkenazim are machmer that you need to throw the entire thing in the garbage, so to say. If it was iser, that's the Mishnah Navadizara. The Mishnah Navadizara tells us there are certain vegetables you cannot buy from a non-Jew, not because of chasnos, of intermarriage, the Gemara says, because they would use a non-kosher knife. And it seems like from there that the entire vegetable would be considered treif because it's a davar harif, it's a sharp food. And the sharp food, just uh, you know, it, it is so, it's so efficient at helping taste spread that if you cut an onion with a treif and knife, you're going to have a problem. Now, before we get lost in the world of onions and davar harif, you still have the same heterum we spoke about last week. And that is, let's say you got pre-sliced onions, or you find in the freezer section in your supermarket a bag of frozen diced onions. So even though onions are a davar harif, and it's much more risky from a kashra standpoint, on the other hand, items and vegetables that are manufactured in bulk, you don't have to be concerned Number one, that they use tray for knives because it's usually made in dedicated facilities with uh, you know FDA regulations. They're not using it for, for meat in the same facility they're using it for onions. Even if they would be, you got it from uh, Pakistan or something, the halacha is that you'd have bittal. You'd have how much tray could be in the knife already, and they did uh, a truckload of diced onions. You wouldn't have to be concerned that your frozen bag of onions came immediately after the fellow used the knife to slice up his tray for sandwich. So that would apply to to, uh, to onions. We'll see. There's even an application when it comes to lemons. We'll discuss perhaps for a few minutes if you go to a bar or uh, you, go, you go to a restaurant and you get a Diet Coke with a piece of lemon on top, are you allowed to eat that lemon? Maybe the lemon was uh, was cut up with a tray with a tray for knife. So we'll see. Even though it's davar harif, lemon is considered davar harif. It's sharp. There might be a hefter as well, based on what we just mentioned. That depending on the quantity that these items are processed, you you probably could rely on bittel and other considerations. Okay. So the first churma we have when it comes to davar harif is that even though it's cold, even if it would be cold, you're slicing onions. We have a problem that there's going to be a transfer of taste. And that's how we paskin, and therefore it's recommended, if someone uh, is running the kitchen in their own home, to have a power of knife that you use for onions. Every time you're slicing up onions, 
take your, uh, many people have a red knife for Fleshix, a blue knife for Melchix, get yourself a white knife for, uh, for onions. Now, according to the Chai Adam, not only do you need to have a separate knife, it would be wise to have a separate cutting board. The Chai Adam holds, this is found in the Chachmas Adam, it's a safer on Yerodea, that the cutting board itself would, would create a problem of Ducha de Sakina, meaning even if you had a, a brand new knife, if you're slicing an onion on top of a Fleshik uh, cutting board, the Fleshik cutting board would spit out a blia into the onion and make the onion Fleshiks. This comes up, uh, first of all, in people's homes. Additionally, many times people do not kosher their countertops. Whether they were told by their rav they don't need to kosher the countertops when they're renting an apartment or for Pesach or the like. And usually there, there really is no reason to kosher your countertops unless you have granite countertops and you're putting hot pots directly on it. Usually there would be reasons to not have to. Additionally, most people that kosher countertops don't really kosher it at all. It's very difficult to get every spot, uh, you know, with boiling water. Therefore, many people just cover it when it comes to Pesach. Or at least they say, I try, I, I do what I can. And, uh, you know, I do what I can. But for all year round, so to say, many Rabbanim will tell people who are renting an apartment for a year, don't be busy splashing water all over your countertops. You have what to rely on. Now, with that being said, do not use your countertop as a cutting board because if you use a countertop as a cutting board for onions if the countertop is indeed fleshiks uh, or treif we according to the chachmasatam the ducha de sakina together with the cutting board the counter is going to um, put a bulia inside the onion and don't tell me what do you mean the countertop has not been used in uh, three years the halacha is we're going to see this in the next uh, piece that not only does davar charif have a chumrah that it could take something that, that's only cold and still spread a blia, there's another chumrah. The chumrah is, even though we said, and throughout the, the first, you know, nine simonim we learned together, if it's ena ben yoyma, if the pot was not used in 24 hours, that's the first question the rabbi is going to ask you, it's fine, that does not apply when we're dealing with davr charif. When, it, when you're dealing with onions, that's out the door. It's a irrelevant question for now. When, when was the last time this item was used? This pot was used? No, I, didn't, I didn't cut it in the pot. I only fried it in the oh, pot. So, oh, it's fine. But that, that's even, so cooking, fr- cutting is one chumrah, but cooking is also a problem. Because cooking itself, we, cooking always spreads a blia. Oh, the blia of the knife, you mean? I, no, I no, 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 let's say you took onions. Let's say you took power of onions. You got pre-sliced onions from the veg from the... Uh, Supermarket, it's kosher, has an OU on it. You took these onions and you put it into a fleshic frying pan. Now, if the frying pan was a ben yoimoy, so even if it was potatoes, the potatoes are fleshic. Nobody argues, right? It's a ben yoimoy, it's fleshic, it's not by not, but it's, it's fleshic. If it's onions, then there's another chumrah that even though this is an old pot, it hasn't been used in 24 hours. There's a chumrah that the char, it's not a chumrah like that we're machmir. This is the Gemara. The Gemara says, we hold that the heter of noisin tam lefgam, of ene ben yarmah, does not apply in the case of, in the taste, case of a, a davar charif. And it has to be hot or even cold. So one of two things, hot or cut. Duchka de sakina. One of those two. Now, you have this chumrah of, of uh, now what's pshat in this chumrah? So one could say it in one of two ways. One way, which will lead us to another chumrah, and that is that when we say noisin tan lefgam is mutter, which means let's say you took a grill 
You bought it off uh, eBay or Craigslist from your neighbor. It's a Trafe grill. It's clean. You have to kosher it before you use it. Okay? You have big plans of koshering it, and you got your blowtorch, and before you know it, someone already grilled a piece of chicken on this on the grill. Okay? Call your rub. The rub says, if it wasn't used in 24 hours, and it's clean, the halakha is the chicken is fine. But the evidence was made already, the chicken's fine. Why is that? So we know the Torah only answered blia of a ben yoimai. But ain't a ben yoimai, if it's 24 hours old, it's not a problem. There are two ways to view it. One way of viewing it, and the simple way of viewing it, is that after 24 hours, the absorbed taste does not have a good taste anymore. It's nice in town of gum. It's not Roy Laguerre. It's not called Isser anymore. It's not a good taste. That's one way of learning it. And the other way of learning it is that maybe it's a very small taste that still remains. But that would always be bottle in the subsequent cooking. That helps us understand why you're not allowed to do it. Now, we don't need this uh, rationale. One could simply say it's a very basic zera. If you allow me to do it after 24 hours, I might do it before 24 hours. And that's the way Tresvis learns. And that's how the Gemara sounds like. But one could say it's a, it's a din of because there's a little bit of, of time still, still remaining. Davr Kharif changes this picture in one of two ways. Either it tells us that little taste that's remaining, the onion is going to pull it out. Because the onion has a, has a strong uh, flavor, it could pull it out. That's one way of learning it. The other way of learning it is that even though it's a, it's a bad taste, the onion will freshen it up. Meshavile l'shevach, the way the place can uh, describe it, it improves the taste, right? And if you think about, you go to a shmorg, and it's a very, very spicy chicken, usually it's not so, it's not so fresh, right? The, the spice could be meshavile l'shevach. It could, it, could, uh, it could reawaken the taste. So when I took an onion and I fried it in this 25-hour-old uh, blia in a frying pan, it took that poor taste and it strengthened it into a fresh uh, fleshiga taste. That, that, that's how Davar Kharif works. The, the other way of learning it would be that even if there's a very small, weak taste, the Davar Kharif can improve it. Which brings us to the third Khumra. The third Khumra, as we know of, is not by not. That's the Khumra, we, that's the, which is really a Kula by Heter. We said if you took corn, you cook it in a fleshic pot. There's no fleshics in there. Water, corn, and a fleshic pot. Even if it was a ben yoimai fleshic pot, that look is if you added butter to it afterwards, everyone agrees you're allowed to eat it. But you're allowed to eat it because it's not barnat. The, the the meatballs had to give taste into the pot. That's one nice in time. The pot goes back into the corn. It's not barnat, and it's not considered real fleshics. Now, lechatchilo, we shouldn't do this, and we had all the different uh, shurim, and we discussed dishwashers and, all, and the like. But there's a halachic concept called noisin tam by noisin tam. That corn is really powered if it's made in a fleshic pot, for all intents and purposes. That does not apply in our case for the same reason. That the reason why we said not by not is mutter is because it's a tam kalish, it's a very weak taste. But davar kharif takes, it, it, even if you give it a weak taste, if you have a davar kharif introduced to this taste, it brings out the best, and now it brings that blia back alive. Okay. Even though it's not a ben Correct. Even though it's not yeah. a ben Yeah, so that chumrah is found in the Gemara. The Gemara, the, Gemara, the Gemara says that you're not allowed to buy 
the uh, the the Gemara says you're not allowed to buy the chiltis, which is some type of root vegetable. You're not allowed to purchase that from a guy. It's a Mishnah Navadizara. And the Gemara asks, what's the problem? And the Gemara says, because he used a non-kosher knife. The Gemara says, I stam kalim ain't been ayman. Who cares? We could assume right. that the knife was not used in 24 hours. The Gemara says that agav chorfe because it's sharp, It improves the absorbed taste in the knife, and the sharpness brings out the best in it. And we have to be machmer. So no, I, I understand. So even if, even if it wasn't used in a month, it's irrelevant. It's still going to have that same property to absorb and, and, and strengthen the, the, the taste. And bring it out. It's irrelevant. Correct, correct. And now think about it. Every time we say you have a heter of stam kalim ena bnei oimon, that does not apply to a davar charif. That only applies to regular food. When you're dealing with a davar charif, you're dealing with onions. Yeah, you you no longer have have that heter. Okay. So I want to bring a few examples of a davar charif. Now, davar charif is not so clear what is included in davar charif. One gemara told us the. Uh, the uh, the chiltis. The other Gemara told us Tsunoin, which is a radish. One other Gemara is Mashma, maybe even beets would be considered. If you look through the Shulchan Aruch, the Ramah, and the different Paiskim that comes up in Hilchus Pesach, you could basically have about 15 or 20 different examples of items that are Dabr Kharif. Please note that not all Paiskim agreed to any of these. Some Paiskim, I know uh, the Rav Bik Zetzal was extremely makel on Dabr Kharif. Um, but I'll just bring down what, what the price can discuss. You have salted fish mentioned in Archaim, garlic, we'll go in uh, alphabetical order. Garlic, grapefruit, uh, herring, horseradish, that's found in Hilchas Mar, uh, jalapeno, jalapeno pepper, leek, doesn't talk about jalapeno pepper, but peppercorn also, leek, lemon, that's found in our simon, lime, olives, so think about your Greek uh, pizza, Greek salad, onions. Peppercorn pickles, and not every pickle is created equal, but pickles. Radishes, that's a classic example. That's the Gamar's example. Salt, scallions. Vinegar is a debate as well. Mishabruas Machim and Hochas Pesach. And whiskey. So whiskey is actually very interesting because whiskey is a very tequila, common... Uh, tequila has got to be on there. Sure. Yeah, it means a, a, any any distilled item would be considered a davacharif, that it's considered a sharp. And there are other chumras that come up with Dabakharaf. We're not going to learn all of them today. Some come up in Hilchas Tarubis. There's another example by by um Rachel. We say typically aromas are not an iser, don't don't create issues on a bidiyeva level. The question is Lichatrila, and the question is also does Dabakharaf make it worse? There's a new uh, phenomenon in the coffee world, which is slowly gonna change perhaps uh, how Hashkachas recommend coffee for Pesach, and that is many coffee companies started taking the green beans, the green bean means the non-unroasted beans, it's called a green bean. They take the green beans and they age it in bourbon barrels. For uh, weeks, months, they age it in bourbon barrels, they take that coffee, then they roast it, and they sell it as bourbon-infused coffee. So all you're really left with is aroma, reicha. There's not, you're not going to really get bourbon in the, in, in the bean. First of all, there's not much bourbon left in the barrel when they age it. And even if there would be, it would get burnt out in the roasting process. It, it's a dry roast. It would, it would, uh, it would take, it would evaporate. All the liquids would evaporate. So you have a few questions. The question number one is, can I drink this on Pesach, right? So you think about it. You have chametz, perhaps, which is also even b'mashehu. Okay, before Pesach, it's batal b'shishim. But you also have this question of recha. Is aroma a problem? Let's assume recha is recha milse 
On a Davar Kharif, it's a much more serious Shiloh if you, in fact, hold that whiskey or bourbon is a Davar Kharif. And we do say that there's Recha there. Now, I don't think anybody's going to drink this on Pesach. The other question is, does it affect the roasters, the coffee roasters and everything? Yeah. Rabari? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So is it, uh, is it going to affect the rest of the company? For years, everybody's been saying roasted coffee that's not flavored or not decaf does not need hashkacha. So would this be any, uh, would, does this change everything? Now you're, you're roasting supposedly chametzdika bourbon. Now I'll point out that the same hashkachas that allow people to use coffee or they recommend drinking coffee without hashkacha, meaning using coffee, beans or ground coffee um, for Pesach, even though they also roast decaffeinated beans on the same line, Decaf, theoretically, could be soaked in an ethyl acetate, which would come from chametz, come from wheat. So what's the difference? You're roasting decaf, which might have chametz in it also, and you're also roasting this. So the halacha, there's a reason why we're makel, and that is a little beyond the scope of this year. But basically, the halacha is that a blia, an absorbed taste, cannot go out into a keli from a food unless there's a liquid. And this actually comes up in Davar Kharov. We'll talk about this next week when we discuss. Let's say you made an onion fleshik. So you took a you took a uh, took a fleshik knife, cut your onion, and now you realize I want to make kogol, I want to make yapchik, and you take that uh, that onion and you put it into your food processor. Did that onion make the food processor fleshik? So you cut it again. Does the blia go into the next blade? That's a question. We'll get to it next week. One of the things we'll discuss next week is this halacha that that a absorbed taste cannot go into, cannot transfer from a food to a keli unless there's a liquid. Now, the coffee itself is kosher. Beans are, coffee beans are kosher. It has an absorbed taste, so to say, of this decaf or this ethyl acetate that took out the decaf. So it has some alcohol in there. The alcohol is an absorbed taste. The absorbed taste cannot go into the coffee, into the roaster unless there's a liquid there. So halachically, it would not, uh, it, w- it would never change the status of the roaster. Now, if you think about it, if you had a cured machine or a drip over coffee, there you have a liquid. So if you were making this decaf on Pesach, you could be you actually had chametz on Pesach, and now to uh, to run regular coffee through there, that would be different because there you have a liquid. So lechayre, the same would apply to our case of bourbon. If you have a bourbon aged coffee bean, even if you roasted it in the same roaster. That you're going to now use for your kosher lepesach or your you know free of chametz concern coffee, that absorbed taste cannot transfer from the bean to the roaster unless there's a liquid medium. There's no liquid there. It's a dry roast. It's burning it out. It's you know it's roasted coffee. A black. You're making your coffee a black bean. So that that that's the reason why there wouldn't be a problem. So these are some of the uh, some of the examples. Again, this is another example where whiskey or the bourbon would theoretically. Tell us one second. It's a double charev. It's sharp, not so fast, but either way, from a coffee standpoint, there is what to what to rely on. Okay, let's let's conclude with the last piece that we learned, and that is that a not by not, that even though we know that if you don't have any flashics here, you have a flashic kali, that kali became flashics from an absorbed. Uh, you made chicken soup in this kali, and then you subsequently used it to make corn. That corn. Is only not only fleshik, so to say, a level, not to go now and add dairy to it, but but the evidence it's not considered fleshik. That's the heter of not bar not most in time. And this time we spent five, seven weeks learning these halachas. We said that does not apply to a davar charif. To let's say you fried onions 
in a pot, it would not apply. So there are a few things to, to take into consideration. Now, according to that, that would mean if I took onions, I sliced it with a fleshic knife, even if the knife was clean, those onions are now considered fleshics. So if I took that and, and I put it into my uh, into my frying pan and I did it to the wrong pan, I, I would trafe up my kitchen, so to say. If I took these fried onions that were milchiks, milchik knife, and I put it on, put it on top of a roast, you know, a three hundred dollar roast from pomegranate, I just made the whole roast basubichal, right? Theoretically, there's a hetter of the base mayor. The base mayor, this is quoted by you know many poskim. Rabbi Reisman went with this based on her palms sack, and that is that. Let's say you have two chumras together here. He really calls it three chumras, but let's call it two chumras. Number one, it's Eina ben Yaimai. So really, in all uh, other parts of halacha, we would be mekel. So this knife was not used in 24 hours. And you're cutting with a kosher knife. It's heter, it's fleishiks, let's say. Or it's milchiks, but it's not treif. So really, you should have not bar not. If you take not bar not and Eina ben Yaimai together, and also we're dealing with something that's not mentioned in the Gemara. It's not, the Gemara doesn't say B'tzalim, onions. Now we assume onions are also part of it, but not everyone agrees to it. It's a machlekes Rishonim, what to include in this list. So they say if you have these three considerations together, the base mayor is Mekel, now only Mekel but the Eved, which would mean, this is actually one of the one of the uh, key heterim that Rabbanim would have to rely on, because most of the time, you got, the knife was not Ben Yaimai, the pot was not Ben Yaimai, you know, it was a, not by not, but they used a milking knife to cut up onions, and they put those onions in the chalant. So, up until now, but without the base mare, you have to be machmir because the onions pull out the blio, even though it's a not not from the knife, even though the knife was in a ben yoimai. But according to the base mare, if this was added to the chalant, since you have if that it's in a ben yoimai, and it's working through a not by not, and it's also an onion, it's not the the uh, the that the Gemara talks about. So you take all three together, and uh, and you could be makel. Okay, just uh, to go back to one thing I said, I'll mention, and that is the the case of the um, of the lemon. In the diet coke, or you get a beer. So the beer is kosher, diet coke is kosher, but they added a lemon to it. So two questions people ask. Number one, and this is a question really for later on, Hilchas Tarubas. We're going to learn, as a shem, that the a lemon or spices are, are usually not bottled. Even though you could have shishim, you have sixty times that amount. Since the taste is uh, is noticeable, so it's not bottled. So maybe you shouldn't even drink the diet coke because the lemon is. Is uh, you could recognize, the, you could feel the taste of the lemon, discernible, and it should be usher. So over there, that's not true because the only time we say that that the lemon would be a problem is if the lemon is iser machmas atzmai. Let's say you had lemon from Arla, you can't eat Arla, Arla fruit, right? You can't have that. So uh, that would be a problem. But if it's an absorbed taste, we don't say that it, it, it needs more than shishim. Shishim would be mavatel, the original iser. The iser is not giving it the taste. This comes up by salt. Let's say someone used a non-kosher lepesa salt. They used salt that had iodine in it. So when they add iodine to table salt, they have to give it some starch to flow well with the rest of the salt. Now, years ago, they might have used wheat. Today, it's kidneyous anyways. But let's say they used a wheat starch in the salt, and you added salt to your chicken soup on Pesach, Right? Not on Pesach, before Pesach, right? Before on Pesach, we have uh, even Mashu. But let's say before Pesach, he added the salt to the soup. So on one hand, you could say, what do you mean? The salt is so strong. You could taste the salt in the soup. The salt's not bottle, right? It's an argument one could make. But either way, the salt is kosher. It's kosher salt. 
right? No pun intended, it's kosher salt, but they added some starch for the iodine. That's not what I'm tasting. I'm tasting the salt, so that's fine. So you can drink the Diet Coke. Can I eat the lemon? So the lemon was probably cut with the knife from the bar. If they use a tray for knife, I have a problem. I can't eat the lemon because the lemon is a davar charif. Even if the knife was ain't bin yaymoy, the lemon is a davar charif and you would not be able to eat it. So once again, assuming they cut, you know, a few lemons for the bar to have bar stock items. So then you have to think about it. As long as I have uh, either 60 times the knife, which a few lemons would be 60 times any normal sized chef knife. You know, the small knives that people have in the kitchen, even one lemon would usually be 60 times a small knife. But let's say they had a big chef knife, so five, six lemons should do the trick. Additionally, we, we, would, go, we would say the blia is in one of those pieces. Then, and you go by rave. Most of these pieces do not have the blia, and halakhically, you would be allowed to eat that lemon. Now, if they cut it just for you, you ask them, can you just cut me a small piece of lemon? The guy takes the knife from the... From you know, from the smorgasbord, the non-kosher smorg, and he didn't clean it. So then, in, in a chanami, you would have a problem of uh, of the ducha of ducha de sakina on that case. Now, additionally, if if you um if you clean the knife really well, and you don't have you use soap and you used uh, sponges and or or um, or steel wool, then the knife is considered a, a kosher clean knife, and it wouldn't be a problem anyways as far as as far as this case, but. Again, in a kitchen, in a bar, you don't necessarily have that hetter. So that's what we're saying, that you would need to have bittel, or you would have to actually consider it, you know, fleshik, onion, milchik, onion, whatever the case was. So again, we'll, we'll, we'll spend another shear on this just to go through some of the other common questions of blenders and kugel, kugel making. But this is an over, overview of a very common question that people ask, and that is the story of onions, the story of Adavar Kharif. We gave a list of many different items, but it's always good to ask a shayla. Some rabbanim say leeks are a problem. Some would say no. Shalots, scallions, all different uh, questions. So it's kedai to ask before assuming things are usher.